Welcome to Talking Tunes with these two goons. I am Alex Kramer. I am also Alex Kramer. No, I'm Matthew Grant. <laughs> you could be Alex Kramer I if could. you really wanted to. I'm high. Everyone. <laughs> You're high? Oh my god. Hello. Well, well, I'm not high, but I'm definitely hungover uh, yes. as usual. Um, the use. So, <laughs> wow, we're off to a great start. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're honest. Uh, so. This was a unique kind of situation. Um, we have, as our guest today, Vanessa's dad, Don Meinhardt. Yay! Yay! And also, Vanessa's here. Yay! Yay! I'm back, and I brought, I brought a quarter goon. <laughs> well, actually, Alex, I think it's time that we... That we crown our little Vanessa's the third goon. Third goon. <gasps> what? So can we yeah. can we get the uh, the, the coronation song, yeah. Alex? Yeah. Goon. Okay, so there you okay. Go. You're, you're there. You're a goon now. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it <laughs> Dad, to... that means that you are an honorary goon as well. We're just right. extending the lineage. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I, I can yeah. see the glow around you has changed. Yes. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, she's a completely different person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. She'll never this be the same. Success is going to get to her head. So, <laughs> Don, how are you doing, sir? Awesome. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. So, um, why don't you introduce the album that we're reviewing today? Well, the album is The Scorpions in Trance. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I kind of chose that when you invited me on your show, and I thought, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you did. Definitely. Um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, this is a, I'm going to use the word CD because albums are, uh, Extremely expensive, so I chose to start collecting CDs. But, oh, nice. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. bo- bottom line is, when this came out, there were so many popular bands. It the album didn't even really hit the record stores at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nobody really in America had heard of the Scorpions at that point in time. And uh, when you're up against like the fourth release of Led Zeppelin, the third release of Black Sabbath and oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac, that kind of stuff. There's no room for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this, to my knowledge, probably wasn't even played on on the radio. Mm. Yeah. So I thought, well, we're going to have you guys listening to something that's uh, unique to America, probably, for the most part. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there was also kind of a thing that the Scorpions kind of also shot themselves in the foot at the time. with it. That, um, the original album work... For this had like a bare-breasted woman who like kind of like like grinding against the guitar. Are you talking about in a video or on the al- no, on like the cover? Album cover. Oh. Yeah. And, like, and record that... stores were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they had to like edit it up to make it, you know, yeah, more yeah. mainstream yeah, and make it to... not boob. No booby. No booby. Yeah, no. they had to black it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't have, because, uh, you know, as we all know, 
poops are are they do horrible things. Apparently. They, yeah, they do horrible things for the yeah. music yeah. industry. Yeah. They didn't learn their lessons though. If you look at their <laughs> album covers, they're controversial. Oh right? yeah, what was the one that came out in what like two thousand nine? And it was like a robot woman, and she but she was also naked. I remember that. Yeah. I that don't know. A, actually. Well, they, an they did an album, cover. Virgin Killer, which today they'd probably be killed themselves over because they yeah. showed a preteen totally naked. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a little bit. Yeah. That's. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that there was such history with this. Oh, now I'm now I'm putting this um, album under a different lens. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's fine. I do remember like um, I do remember the John Lennon, um, Yoko Ono, noise thing yeah. that they did called Two Virgins. Which I don't recommend. It's hot garbage. But like the the um They're naked. Yeah, they're they're completely fully naked on the cover and people yeah. were like, Oh, could a beetle be naked? Which, you know, beetles are naked all the time. Yeah. They're just insects. Yeah. Yeah, see? No one used that. <laughs> that is best joke of yeah, the I, day. I know. That's the best it's gonna get, guys. Go. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like, um I mean, how did you discover this album? Well, my background is I'm a full German, uh-huh. and I thought, oh. well, I'm going to look for some German rock bands. I wasn't even a fan of the Scorpions, quite honestly. Then I bought uh, a few of their CDs and said, hmm, this is good. And then when I, when I find somebody that I like, then I dive back and just buy all the stuff that they have. Oh, that's In trance awesome. was tough to find at first. Now I think it is on um, Amazon, but... When I was looking for it, it was almost impossible, especially on CD. So I went to my... I shop a lot. I'll throw some names out there at local stores, which are great. The Attic over here in Millville. Oh, the Attic. Awesome Awesome. store. Great store. Uh, The Exchange. The Exchange is great. And even half-price books once in a while, I'll find something obscure. Oh, that's awesome. But out of all those stores and a lot of time spent in them, I never found this. I had to go on eBay and find it. Oh, yeah. Well, and then once I got it, I sat there and said, whoa, excellent guitar album. Yeah, oh, the guitar work on this album. Also, to everyone out there, and I don't mean to discredit all your hard work, it is available on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. yeah so. Well, we like to have the, the copy of it. You know what right, I mean? Right, the hard it's, copy. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's it's awesome to like actually hold a CD in your hands. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, <laughs> like actually like, have the physical copy, or like you know the vinyl craze, which I guess is still going on. Yeah, um, we don't hard. have room for that. Yeah. Right, and the we, prices, <laughs> prices is just yeah, too expensive. Yeah, um, right. you, I'm trying like uh, the guitarist name who's awesome on here. Is, I have uh, their names. Yuli John. Yuli John Roth. Yuli John Roth. His guitar work on this album is just phenomenal where did i write that? yeah we As were a, talking about that like sitting outside um before it opened up before the door was open and um <laughs> oh sorry that wasn't supposed to shade you or anything no 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 no. <laughs> I, no 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 i'm laughing because like it was just like the sentence like we were talking before the door opened oh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. And what you told me something really there cool. There goes your goon status. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Alex, can we get the uncoronation song? Okay. No, go ahead. Boo. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but what you said that he left the band after no, was it right after this album or like s- sometime later? No, sometime later, but what happened was the Scorpions from a commercial success Things like Rock You Like a Hurricane. and Which is like 10 years later. Yeah, th- yeah. They're, they're all stuff that came later. Well, they were headed in that direction, and he said, no, 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 I, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So he left the band before oh, yeah. 
were really commercially successful. Right. Wow. Like in, what was the other way. what was the other group he joined? Um, Sunstorm or Sunca- Suncatcher, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I have heard that album as well. Yeah. But I saw like one of their album covers of that other band he's in, and he's just like rocking out on a like, guitar. I was like, yes, oh, man, that, yeah. that's it. He he still comes to America and visits colleges and teaches music. So. Wow, really? Oh, he awesome. is he, he has like taken s- some people like Tchaikovsky, some of their best works, and converted it to rock. So yeah, uh, that is really cool. Some, sometimes unique guy. Yeah, he definitely has that type of skill. Um, yeah. So, want to start it? Yeah, let's sure. Yeah, let's get started. Let's get into it. Dark Lady! First song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Um, and this song is sang by Yuli John Roth. Yeah, who's awesome. <laughs> Most of the songs on this album were written by him. But, yeah. like... Yeah, over half. But those, in my opinion, I like some of the lyrics, but... Well, I'll talk about that. But the, I mean, obviously the guitar takes precedence mm-hmm. on this oh, album. Yeah, like definitely. it is, it is a guitar album. Yeah. The guitar was really what like, really like uh, drew my ears in. Like that was really what I was like mainly paying attention to. Like the guitar work on this album. Right. So, yeah. so Matt, when he got up this morning, hung over, turned on Dark Lady as loud as he could. <laughs> that, that, actually, that would wake up anybody. I did, actually. It's what I normally have to do um, in general. Um, I, actually, um, the singer actually said, like, someone asked him about this song in particular. And he said uh, that the song has no meaning. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it was just about, like, um, as he put it, enjoy, the enjoyment of the boogie rhythm with the arpeggio <laughs> double harmony leads, um, with basically like the like the uh, sort of guitar. Wait, did work. he really say the word boogie? He did because he that is a terrible rhythm. word to describe this song. <laughs> I I feel like it's this song reminds boogie. me of like a Greek chorus. It's so intense. It's a great opening song, but yeah. it does not. When I think of Boogie, I think of Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, yeah. I don't think of like Boogie, intense guitar solo, headbanger. <laughs> like that's, I think of like disco, but whatever, it's fine. That's that's what he said to describe it. But he definitely like the arpeggios are like you know they stand out pretty. Oh pretty yeah, the, like the descending chords. That's what. <laughs> our, what do you think of this song, Dad? The lyrics suck. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, Fair. But, but, but the weird thing is, it's a powerful song. Well, I think everybody can, can relate to Sitting in the Doghouse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then he just goes on from there. But the, the song really flows with the guitar, and it's really a showcase for Yuli. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's also, it also happens to be one of those songs that they pull out of the archives constantly in their shows to play because people love it. Right. It is yeah. intense. Like, it's definitely a song that people will be like, ah, to. Um, yeah. I like how it starts off so, and I'm going to use the word destructive, but the beginning, I'm mm-hmm. sure that it's intentional, but it honestly sounds like someone's dying. Like, the first, <laughs> like, three seconds, it's like, ah! Like, <laughs> what is happening? And then it goes into this really great rhythm, but then I like how it goes into this chaos and then comes back with a strong melody. But it, it yeah. keeps on going back and forth. And I I mean, I don't play any instrument, let alone guitar, but <laughs> there's something really cool about how it b- keeps on switching and floating in and out. And it almost seems seamless. And yeah. I'm sure that even in the chaos, it's, I mean, they're doing that on purpose, oh, but it, yeah. it sounds like it's an accident. And that's uh-huh. kind of cool. 
to listen to. Yeah, there's definitely. I also wrote. Um, this is. I wrote. Um, kick you in the nuts. Guitar work. Um, <laughs> that's a positive thing. Like, okay. It's so yeah. intense. Um, and yeah. this definitely. This this had a clear influence on Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. yeah like this is. Um, like that's sort of like kind of like thing that whatever Eddie Van Halen did with his feedback and stuff like that. Oh yeah. He, he kind of. Maybe he bit it from this. If that's can, what he's can, listening I to. I can see time. that. I've never. I haven't listened to a lot of Van Halen. Like I tried to listen to the, like their first album, and it was just all right. Mm-hmm. Even though they had like a bunch of the hits on it, like "Running with the Devil" and uh, "You Talking About Love," I just couldn't get into that. Like, and I like rock stuff. For some reason, there's like that other certain type of. I can't really describe it, but like there's like, it was like that type of rock that I can't get into. Like I tried to listen to Van Halen too, and I was like, I'm oh, rock. so you're not into like '80s rock, is what you're saying? A little bit, yeah. Like, like like huge hair hair bands. Yeah. Okay. I, that was actually an interesting thing that kind of changed the score because like, they sort of like their production with the drums. Yeah. On this album in particular, are sort of the typical rock drums but then like in the 80s like if you listen to rocky like a hurricane it has that sort of that thing that phil collins invented with the drums synthesizer sound well the drums that sound like cannons you know what i mean like like they just sound like cannons going off and i fucked up i love a phil collins reference (laughs) (laughs) you know this metal band has that great phil collins sound to their metal (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, Don. Maybe, is there any other uh, thoughts you have? I, maybe that's why Phil Collins heard that comment. Maybe you, you made that last year, and then he said, "I'm going to do a concert tour, and I'm going to call it. I haven't died yet." <laughs> <laughs> he has not died yet. I think as of this that, podcast, that's the real. That's the real name of his concert tour. Yeah, like, yeah. I love that and, he has a sense of humor about it. Oh yeah, and also like that's the name of his autobiography. I think. I ain't dead yet. I ain't what? dead yet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think he, that's so sad. Well, yeah, it's not, I feel I'm starting to feel sorry like, for him. No, is that no, like no, a thing? Like no, people just okay. thought he was dead? It, no, well, he's been really no. sick for a long oh, time. Oh yeah. Yeah. He I had to like stop playing drums for a little bit. Right. Not now not that we're getting totally off track, but if you want to see something great, pull up Jimmy Fallon with Phil Collins. Yeah. And we Phil talk Collins. about him quite a bit, actually, Jimmy Fallon <laughs> on this podcast. Well the thing of it is is Phil is no, front and center doing. I forget the name of the song. Shame in on the me. air tonight. In the air tonight. Yeah, and it is. He, he's like, yeah. I'm gonna prove that I'm not dying. And <laughs> number one, I, I, like, still, I, I still have a great voice. So come yeah. out and buy my tickets. But the second thing is, is uh, when the guy, the drummer from the Roots, kicks into the song with the drums. Yeah. Talk about banging. Questlove. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Questlove is an amazing what a show. drummer. Yeah. I mean, what a what a what a great piece of history yeah, that right. is. And like while he's singing it, he like picks up his tombstone and goes like, I'm not going to use this anytime <laughs> soon. Right? I'm not dead. Leave me alone. But uh, um, I think I really, uh, are we ready to go to the next song? Yes. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is one of my gold star songs. This is my platinum star. Yeah. This so song is amazing. Sean, Sean Collier came up with the term platinum song for like oh, our okay. favorite song. I just heard this last night. So <laughs> I, I named my platinum song, but we won't get there yet. But yeah. In Trance is definitely on the one of the best of, I mean, that's why they named the album after yeah. it. Don, can we please get your thoughts first? Well, In Trance sets the stage for future um, Scorpion songs. I mean, it is the I, song yes. that says this band has arrived. They've got something to say yeah. and they're going to have a history. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like what I was thinking while I was listening to this because I was like 
Well, I was listening to this album a couple times. I was like, this doesn't sound like a 70s rock like metal album. It kind of sounds like what they would be doing 10 years from after this album came out. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it was kind of forward thinking. Like I yeah. uh I wrote later that like this obviously inspired Metallica too. Um the but this song in particular in trance uh again, the guitar work is amazing. Yeah. Um let me see. I wrote that uh, this song is about reaching out for help from a loved one, but can't whether they are on drugs or having depression problems. Yeah. But I'd argue that it could be even more existential. It could be like that. He's talking about his pride or his ego, and that's what keeps him quote unquote in trance. And by wanting to another lyric, stop quote, stop this life. He wants to kill his ego. Oh, oh. Yeah. Is that like what you think, or is that? That's like... just what I picked up on. Yeah, because like yeah. I, in my immediate mind when I hear lyrics like this is like, is um, depression or drugs yeah. and Aww. stuff like that. And like I just like I was trying to like think of it in like a different context. Yeah. Um, the song is catchy. Like, oh yeah, the chorus it, is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, power chord glory <laughs> on the chorus. Um, I always, and I've talked about this before, but I love thinking about music in terms of movies and like what, what kind of song would be playing during this sort of like movie trope. And the beginning of the song definitely gave me like a, like, take this for what you will, like an alternative Western film. Like the way it starts out, it's like... um, like a standoff, like people are walking, you see boots, you know, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you see <laughs> you know boots, what I mean? Yeah. And then, okay, okay, whatever guys, whatever. No, 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 okay. no please go on. Um, but, and it almost feels like a Bon Jovi, um, <laughs> like it has, it has like this Western Bon Jovi feel yeah. that Bon Jovi would be doing, you know, like seven years from this point. But, um, but then it really doubles down into like a great headbanger mm-hmm. and it yeah. just keeps on going. But I, I, I really enjoyed the beginning because it, it kind of sets a mood mm-hmm. oh, and it was yeah. slow and it was a nice contrast from the first song, which came in immediately just like destruction. And this right. one oh, yeah. started off more like it was simmering. This yeah. was definitely like a more refined kind of pop song, quote unquote, I would say yeah. like. This song will get, like I said, the chorus is catchy as hell. You'll have it stuck in your head. Um, also, during I have the it cor- stuck in my head right now. I know, I'm thinking it's about so it. Hard like, I'm not I'm to- <laughs> it's so hard not to. There's also, like... It's it's the line, though, that says, I had a rough Saturday night that is stuck in your mind right. after, la- after last night, right? Right. <laughs> oh, for me? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, apparently, the trope of this is that I'm hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, guys, we're, guys we're, I enjoy the alcohol. I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're um, in a trance. I am in a trance. <laughs> yeah. I love it in the chorus, though, there's this beautiful organ that's playing behind it that kind of like yeah. gives it that gives it a unique feel, like underneath like these really heavy um power chords. Um I'll have to go back and yeah. listen for that. I, I call that the deep purple effect. Right. That yeah. was yeah, I mean, that's, you, that's what I thought too. That's the cool thing about listening to rock albums if you see who they would have been listening back when they were coming up with the concept of the songs. Yeah. You can hear little tinges of that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's a deep purple effect that I get out of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then at uh, 3.39, like, it sort of breaks into this really awesome heavy metal breakdown to close out the song. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, I wrote, you're going to put the devil horns up. 
for the, for this <laughs> part of the song. Just warning you. Yeah, just warning you. <laughs> yeah, this song is great. Be it, it on was... standby. It's gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> you're you're gonna feel it in your fingers. <laughs> you're gonna be like, ah, oh, my hand. Oh shit. <laughs> it stands the test of time. That's the thing. Yeah. You can listen to it today and say, whoa, that's a great song. Right. Yeah. Um, that's always a good test. Oh, yeah. that's all. That's There's a good. timeless element to it, which is kind of yeah. kind of makes me sad that maybe this isn't a song that people know that yeah. well. You know, because I this song is well, amazing. We're bringing it to the masses well, right now. This is as, why we do this podcast. Right. Yeah. As the elder statesman here, I can't say that I've ever heard WDV or one of the local radio stations play that song. Right. Yeah. Ever. It's always like "Rock Me Like a Hurricane." Or, right. Or "Change <laughs> yeah. of Winds." Um, what was that another song they had? There's no one like you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we were thinking the same thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I I love this song. This is probably my favorite song in the album. The yeah. titular self-titled song. But yeah, I just <laughs> I just really dug it. Like the chorus is gonna get stuck in your head, and it was just um, just a fun like you know I like what Vanessa said like slower, but then it builds into this heavy, cool metal song. So, right. Yeah. Oh, another thing too. Um, this album is actually very easily digestible, 36 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like very you, can, quick. you can get in and out of this like without... <laughs> that's a weird way of putting it. Um, no, 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 but you can... No. you can. It's not It's not a four-hour commitment. It's no. not like listening yeah. to a... Well, I don't think I've ever heard an album that was that long, but it's not like... I, it's not a super long... You have to sit down yeah. and really it's, think about it. Yeah. It's just enjoyable well, the whole way through. Unless you're me. And then, <laughs> and then you listen to it like 27 times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Take your notes and everything. But yeah, it was very just quick to the point. There was no like, you know, typical like 70s album thing where there's like a song that's like 10 minutes long. No. no. Not, not only that, there's really not a throwaway song in there either. Yeah, it's it, very... You're, yeah, it's you're, tight. You're, you're going from uh, kind of a heavy metal, then you're going into a couple ballads, then you're going into straight out rock. Yeah. I mean, it just keeps varying along. And then the... The album ends up with a uh, simply music, right? No, no <laughs> yeah. lyrics. Yeah. Well, we I have notes on that, but okay. we'll get to it when we get to Ooh, it. Okay. Uh-oh. So let's um let's move away from entrance and go into life's like a river. Yeah. The next song. Uh, Metallica. I loved this. Yeah. yeah I love really this good. song. Metallica, eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's what um. That's what you wrote? Uh, yeah. Um, it's a song about not being afraid of getting older. At least yeah. that's what I interpreted. But I can also see, <laughs> again, very depressing. Um, I can also see how this could be interpreted as suicide, like oh. the theme behind this album. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. The first four, I just, the only note that I wrote for this was like, slow and meticulous, but intricate, refer to four, first four lines of lyrics. Um, I feel like... Okay, so I was talking about the end of the album. I initially thought that this would be a great closer. After listening to the full album, mm-hmm. I listened back to this song, and I thought this would be my top pick for a closer. Yeah. But then I was like, no, 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 backtrack, Vanessa, because this song is, it sets up, I feel like there is a tone in this album, at least lyrically, about the passage of time mm. and... Um, at least yeah. from what I saw on several lyrics or several sets of song lyrics. Mm. Um, but then I realized like this song sets it up. Like I yeah. wouldn't, if I listened to another song that had similar lyrics to this, it wouldn't have, 
entranced me. Ooh. Oh, it, it wouldn't have affected me as much. Whereas I think this was like the perfect introduction to that theme throughout the album. Right. So I really like a the placement of it in the tracks, but also it was just so good. It's so good. Mm, yes. I love it. Yeah, I really dig it. Yeah, the guitar work again, amazing. <laughs> I think we could say that for like every song on here. Just yeah. The guitar work is just really good. Uh, Don can. I'm sorry. Well, I, I think. Well, I think the other thing about the Scorpions and especially this album is, you not only have the unique guitar work, but I think Klaus Mine being young, yeah, his voice was phenomenal on this. Yeah. Dad, who's yeah. Klaus? Oh, is he the lead, he's singer? lead singer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's a he's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's unique because if you heard him with another band, you would you would recognize his voice. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of these guys, they play the music so loud. You're trying to figure out whether the singer is actually good, but, well, but him, they it stands out. Yeah, they really featured him. There's one song where I talk about how he's a little bit in the background, um, but right. he but he has an interesting voice because it's recognizable and at the same time it's so synonymous with the sound of the decade. Well, this came out in the '70s, so I shouldn't say that. But his voice is so synonymous with the '80s. But then I realized yeah. he was one of the reasons why people think about the '80s with his voice. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, I at first I thought, oh, he sounds a lot like everyone else. Then I was like, wait, no, everyone else sounds a lot like him. See, That's- like I, I don't know if the more I'm thinking about it, and I get your point, but like after listening to this. I went back and listened to some of their other catalog. And also, I would recommend listening to their Unplugged album from uh, App um, Rome, I think it is. It is amazing. Um, yes. It really shows off their musicianship. And his singing, like he's, his voice still sounds incredible. Yeah. So he's taken care of his voice over the years, which, you know, something I really um, admire. Uh but like thinking about it now, like they did a lot of like like I said earlier, like they did this typical '80s drum thing. But like I think it's easy to kind of lump them into like that hair metal thing. But like if you listen to them, like they're not like the hair metal stuff going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're like a little bit different. Like they weren't. They're like, they're like uh, I don't know. Like I like rock you like a hurricane, for example, is like. It's like a, a real like rock song, whereas like some of those '80s bands like Poison are kind of like, eh, I'm eh, Poison. That's my impression. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. But I I feel like Rocky Like a Hurricane was still a sellout. If you if you look at this this album, like yeah. if you were to compare their biggest hits, I would say that Rocky Like a Hurricane is a sellout. But if they're going to sell out, they're going to do it like themselves. They're not going to yeah. just do like a flash dance song, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a high energy song. And I, I think the other thing that happens is the record labels say, look, we want you to do this because it makes money. Right. So yeah. this is what we want you to do. Right. They may have and then they problems. allow them to do their other stuff in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you know, yeah. if it gives you the freedom to do albums like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like those, 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 their biggest hits came like ten years later. Yeah. Um, but it was also at a time in the music industry where, like, like you had to sell records, otherwise yeah. you'd get dropped from your label and then you'd be kind of screwed. It's and not like now where you can kind of do it on your own. 
Oh, I was just about to say, when did that end? I feel like that's still the pretty music. much like during the rise of the internet and like oh. Napster and like oh, kind of like people like got into like kind of um, like an example I'm going to use in a modern text is like the Odd Future group. Um, oh with yeah, Tyler the Creator and Earl's, Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean. and oh. Earl Sweatshirt. Like they kind of like yeah, but I feel like their music. Well, I don't even want to speak to their music because I don't know a lot about it. But from what I understand, it's more computer based. Yeah. Right. Right. I feel like you can't do the production level of like a huge band by no. yourself. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it would be impossible, right, but I yeah. feel like budgeting wise to have a good sounding album with a huge band or like something so rocking, you would have to have money to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on like the context. Like, I mean, anything that we just mentioned about odd future is about as far, far away from what the scorpions do. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> they, do, they don't sound the same. Um, but yeah. Also, I would highly, 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 Recommend Tyler the Creator's uh, new album that he just put out. Igor, Igor, yeah, Igor. it is incredible. I'll have to check it yeah, out. It's, um, you know that the only new album I've listened to is the Ariana Grande one we did. Yeah, so yeah. which is and another amazing album. That was my album. first new album in maybe six years. Yeah. So I we'll see if I get around. I, to I've it. been very behind on new music in general, but yeah, I'll, I'll give Tyler the Creator. I tried to listen to one of his albums this is like past week, like that Wolf album. Yeah. It was not good. Like I couldn't get into it. He didn't really like Flower Boy, which was his last album. I, was, heard like, that was I don't know which is anything like, about this. Right. He's um <laughs> he is a very unique, different kind of um, voice, yeah. Voice um in which the hip hop. I appreciate, movement. yeah. He's very just like he has his own thing. Now his older albums are extremely problematic lyrically because like he used to uh. rat rea- uh, rap about like in a joking context, like murdering people and like raping corpses and yeah. well with that yeah. <laughs> uh why don't we move on <laughs> to uh, actually wait number four. Oh, actually wait vanessa don do you have any other thoughts on um <laughs> life's like a river <laughs> <laughs> i'm still back on the zombies and yeah. <laughs> but, but uh no i think the interesting thing about the song is when you look at the context of the age of the guys that were that played this song um Thinking about getting older and and how deep they made that, mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, were they? I'm assuming they had to so, be young. So the question, uh, the thing that's great about this kind of music, when especially when you have lyrics that you're going, hmm, yeah. Uh, if I read them in a book, I'd probably throw the book away because it's not that interesting. <laughs> right. But they hear yeah. the tune and then think about what they're thinking about. Are they really thinking? Are we going to be around when we're older to even play this music? Right. Yeah. I mean, wow. they, they definitely, like, there's some, not all the, uh, like, there's some actually really excellent uses of lyrics in this album, but there are, like, moments where you're just like, oh, that's a little... Tropey. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good you, word. Did you, did you find another word to match, to rhyme with old? Like, did you find another one? Uh, uh, to rhyme with old? Oh, yeah. uh, are you yeah, asking yeah. me or no, are you no, no, asking no, no, them? No, 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 I'm asking them. There were several times where I was like, hmm, that was a rhyme that was predictable. Well, but... it, at least they didn't rhyme. <laughs> at least they didn't rhyme old with old because that's not a rhyme. That's just lazy It's just writing. the same word. Right, right. Goodness. Yeah, my goodness. All right. Well, well, the interesting thing is when you look at the next song, which is Top of the Bill, right. they're talking about being old rockers. So they've alre- they're yeah. already, in their mind, they're already saying, hmm, I've made it. Yeah. Right. And I can, I'm I looking guess, back. Let's talk about Top of the Bill. Um, 
This is yeah. actually my least favorite song on the album. Mm. Um, the vocal mix. Don's on this getting song. up and leaving right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm in agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, if there was a throwaway song, it would be that one. Yeah, yeah. the vocal mix on this song is garbage, um, which is a huge, as as many of our listeners know, yeah. is one of the most annoying things about. Um, it's something that really annoys me as a listener of music. It's garbage. Yeah. Um, it's in front of your house. The garbage right. man is driving down your street. You're the raccoons <laughs> are in the trash. Right. That's how bad yeah. the vocal production <laughs> is. Yeah. They're here to pick up this vocal mix. <laughs> this is raccoon dinner. This song is a raccoon dinner. Right. Well, no. I mean, there's good things about it. I'm going to remember that now. Uh, You're a raccoon dinner. <laughs> I mean, there's good things about yeah, uh, the song. It's just I just the vocal mix really. It's continuing with like like the sound they're making on this album, but like you know, the, the, I mean, the song didn't blow me away. Like now, like I'm reading the lyrics, and it really is what like Don was talking about, just about like like oh, we made it. We're like uh, we're we're rock stars now. Like our life is rock and roll. Yeah, you know, just like where do we go from here? I I did write uh, the guitars are as crunchy as Lay's potato chips. Oh, <laughs> um, this song was like a party song to me. It sort of had like a party feel in the beginning. Very, um, it it was a less strong version of Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. Like, oh, to me, it was like a really, it was a weaker version of that song. I, uh, a similar, you know, yeah. fun lyrics. And by fun, I mean, like, poking fun at yourself. Yeah. I mean, I love Life's Been Good by Joe. Like, it's one of my favorite songs. Because it's so absurd. And, uh, yeah. and like, he's talking about his life. But it was real. And I yeah. feel like some of the things that they're talking about, I mean, they're looking to the future. It's almost like they're writing a memoir. But as themselves, you know, yeah. 40 years in the future. And if we're talking about someone who had a life, Joe Walsh had a crazy fucking life. Yeah. 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 Oh, what a Insane. life. Yeah. yeah. And what a talent. Oh, fantastic. I've been getting into the Eagles this like past year. I forgot <gasps> to tell you. Yeah. I meant to message you about like... I, <sighs> I, I love the Eagles. Yeah, I've like listened to like, I think their first three albums. It's really good. Like mm-hmm. it's really good 70s like rock. You should and watch... Joe Walsh made a big difference to that band. He mm-hmm. changed their... St- I mean, they were more like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and yeah. then Joe Walsh came in and just rocked it up. Like yeah. he just added this like intense vibe to them that yeah. has... Is great. What album did he come in on? Um, he came in just before Hotel California. Oh, okay. I mean, he. What was the uh, What was the name of the other guitar player who they hated each other? Um, um I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, <laughs> <laughs> Dad. I'm actually looking up. I want to know what that the album was before. Um, Don Felder. Don, Don Felder, because Don Felder is out on tour right now doing one of these nights. Song. That was the uh, album that he came in on. Yeah, there you go. It was just before Hotel California, but he yeah. made a world of difference. Yeah, because well, if if you like him, go back into his older stuff. Um, yeah, with the James Gang. Oh yeah, Rocky Mountain Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Joe Cocker in James Gang? No, no, no. Okay, no. for some reason I thought I. Okay. No, Joe Walsh was the main guy there, but yeah. Uh, Good music, good guitar work. Yeah. What I what I really so I know we're talking about something else, but um, what I loved about Hotel California is like the way that they wrote the song was in a fight. Like the you know the guitar part at the very end of Hotel California. Yeah. Yeah. That was 
Don Felder and um, Joe Walsh basically arguing about because Don Felder was like a classically trained guitar player and he yeah. was like very you know oh I I need to play my delicate little fingers I need to play this guitar <laughs> and Joe Walsh was like no we need to bang it off the ground and so like the two of them got into this crazy fight anyway we could talk about the Eagles forever so yeah. we well, probably I will get say that I actually was listening to the radio yesterday and. Um, Lying Ice came on, and that song is just so beautiful. It I, is. I think that's probably my favorite. You know, Eagles I song. have like six minutes of material about how, uh, like, I do stand up. You guys know that. But oh, I was just yeah. saying for people who don't know that, um, I have six minutes of material about how I'm obsessed with the Eagles and um, Lion Eyes. There's so many really sad jokes about it, and nobody <laughs> likes the joke. <laughs> but I'm going to make it work because I'm going to shoehorn. Eyes. I'm going to make you guys laugh at this <laughs> joke, I swear. Yeah. What, the I hell? Just, what, what is, is this noise? There's construction it? going on. No, yeah, but, I think no, it's but raining that sounds... Out. Whoa. 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 I think it's hail. Right. That's intense. I thought somebody came into the I the thought somebody here. hit us with a lawnmower. Right. I thought that they were... Anyway. But guys... Whoa. There's this... all these kids throwing lawnmowers out. But like one quick thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> then like... Uh, I was listening to an interview with Joe Walsh. And he was like talking about like... In the 80s, like the Eagles were trying to like reunite or something. Yeah. And they were mm-hmm. trying to go to like Joe Walsh. He's like, <laughs> and Joe Walsh's voice is very, he talks like this. He's oh, yeah, like, he's great. Yeah, he's like, he's like, they were trying to ask me to reunite. And they're like, Joe, do you want to do it? And he was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, like in the <laughs> 80s, well, Don Henley um, was, well, he was out his own really music. blowing up as a solo artist. It wasn't, they didn't actually reunite until, um, mm. Hell Freezes Over. Which was in 94. Yeah. But, but the, the last album they ever put <laughs> out was um, Long Road Out of Eden, which it's, I would actually really recommend. It's really great. It is good. It's yeah. Very yeah. diverse. Right. Um, yeah. I'm glad then, you guys uh, like it. Whoa. <laughs> I haven't listened to it, so I don't have an opinion. Right. But, do you, but, but getting back to um, <laughs> the, scorpions. the top of the bill. Yeah. Well, you, wait. There was another thought that I just came up with. When you guys were talking about electronic music, Go, and you were talking about Joe Walsh. His last album, he, he sings about that. Yeah. Really? And it's very cool. There's a very cool song on there. It's the title song. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember it. But also, they interviewed him regarding that song, and he said the sad thing about music today and electronic music, he said, it's not the same as a band getting together, getting thrown into a room. Everybody throws their pieces together, and they just start playing. Yeah. And a song develops. That's and true. He, and he said that that instantaneous passion from everybody is is what makes music awesome. He said, I hate to see that disappear. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. It's just like a um it's the times that we're in now. Like, you know, it used to be that like kids would get together with their instruments that, you know, they bought at a thrift store. And yeah, that was like the thing now. But now you can express yourself through electronic music. But it depends on like how there can be soul in anything. Like I think about. I agree with that. Yeah, well, I'll, but I'll agree with that. I, like, there can be, you can find inspiration in like you don't have to have a bunch of. But I think that there's really something cool about collaboration yeah. that is sometimes missing. Whenever you have someone who just is like, this is my vision. Right. But yeah. then again, you never know. I mean, there's so many things in production that people do that add that add to it that, you know, when I, I've listened to some of the tracks from like Fleetwood Mac, like the pre, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but like real before they're before bef- Stevie Nixon. 
no, 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 no. It's still, it's still Stevie Nicks. But I'm saying like before they've been produced, before they have all the oh, so like the rough demo kind yeah. of yeah, the yeah. demos or the outtakes. Yes, and they are. I mean, they're good, but they're not at all what we know and love. And I think that element of collaboration right. is still always necessary. So maybe it, some of it hasn't gone away. But George Martin is sitting in his grave smiling because yeah, he's like, I made the Beatles. Right. Oh. <laughs> well, I will. There's um. There's a. <laughs> I made Definitely. the Beatles. <laughs> what uh, a cock. I know. Uh, there's a great quote that I remember from um, The Edge, uh, the guitar player from U2. Um, like around the time when they were making Octoon Baby, they were listening to a lot of craft work. Um, and he was like, it was interesting to listen to it because like the, the music was kind of like stripped like in, of like its humanity to a sense of like, to the point where like those moments of humanity mean more when like, so like when I think about like Daft Punk and listening to like their stuff, like, like it's kind of a, a little bit of the same concept that like, uh, like the song I'm thinking of is uh, game of love from uh, random access memories. Like the vocal performances is sort of like this, again, it's their very trademark kind of like robot kind vocoder of coder. Yeah. Vocoder yeah. kind of thing. But that song is so dripping with such soul Yeah, and like sadness in a way. Yeah. But we got way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that. We no, did. no, that's yeah. cool because that's, that is the beauty of music is you can jump into all kinds of areas and just hear something where you go, Whoa, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do we have anything else to say about Top of the Bill? Nah, I'm done. We spent so much time on a song that none of us liked. That's <laughs> <laughs> that we had to talk about the Eagles. Yeah, and uh, Daft Punk and Tyler the Creator. Now, but, um, now those three are going to go on tour together. Right. Uh, so, the next song is called Living, Living and, and Dying. Dying. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? It's a deep song. If they're, It's kind of a cheap word, but... Um, it's a reflective type of, of song. And once again, it's amazing because you're talking about really young guys writing about yeah. <laughs> about life. But right. they're looking at where they, they, they're coming from. And at that time, Germany um, was a lot, uh, how should I put it, into the industrial age at right. that point in time. So they're looking at it saying, uh, at least my belief is they're looking at it saying, uh, all that people are doing here is they're living, going to the mill, doing their work, coming back, and they die. Right. So, yeah. you know, what's it all about? That was very... And, and, uh, and that's kind of typical of that age group anyways. Yeah. That was very... Um, you mean like people in our 20s being so consumed with, like, I don't want to go the way my... Like, I don't want to just work and then go home and die. Like, I don't want to be my parents. I don't want to yeah. be my grandparents. I want to yeah. do something different. Oh, yeah. I think that I that's think a that's a definitely a notion that I think anybody like when they were, you know, when they're that young wants wants that, you know, and like it's funny you bring up like that was kind of like the case all around Europe at that time, you know, obviously. Wasn't they, the Cold War still in full effect? Yeah, like, well, that was the other thing that was interesting about Germany because it was still divided at that time too. Um, they Germany, you know, you could argue had the slowest recovery after world war ii you know like yeah. economically 
Because, like, you know, the world puts so many sanctions on them. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, they well, did a lot of really bad it. stuff. They deserved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say they didn't deserve it. It was warranted, UN. Yeah, <laughs> all those sanctions, yeah. Um, I actually interpreted the, this song to be kind of about child abuse. Oh. Um, Look at you. Putting all these really deep and, like, dark, dark. things. Yeah, well, the, I thought that this album was actually really dark. Oh, um, I know. I can agree with that. No, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, um, very Black Sabbath too. Like the song yes. is like, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Like, um, Black Sabbath was big back then. They, had, you know, Paranoid just blew out the charts, and yeah, bands were bound to be influenced by that type of music. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, bringing it back to the movies, uh, I believe that this song is perfect for, and there's a very specific trope. So roll with me here. But um, you know in crime movies, whenever the people who have done something wrong, obviously they are sympathetic, like the audience is sympathetic towards them because we've been following this character, even though they've probably like done crazy drugs and killed somebody and like, you right. know what I mean? They've had very questionable choices. Um, this is the song that they would play whenever those people are coming clean or like arresting everybody. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, Whenever they're, at, I'm when I I think of kind of like the end of Goodfellas, okay. like like that's the vibe that I get is yeah. the the very end whenever he's ratting out all of his friends and you see this montage of like people he knows getting arrested. That's this this type of song I would like to hear that played during that sort of. Oh, okay. Yes, that's it pretty has, cool that we're finding so many different interpretations for this song. It has like yeah. a great. I mean, I know that it's dark and depressing, but to me, it's almost funny. Like it is almost a perfect like um how did i write it down um oh oh whoa 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 it it almost has this like well the kind of figured this was gonna happen you you know what i mean like uh we've been we does this end? Is anyone? No, else? I get dead no, silent. I mean, it's I'm, dead. I'm paying you, attention to but you. No, but do you know what I'm saying? I don't know how to articulate it properly, but this vibe of like, we know what we did. We're backing out. That's kind yeah. of. And at first I thought the lyrics were super truthful and very heartfelt. And then it got to this weird magic stone part. And I was like, nah. actually, I got an, I got an interpretation for that. Cause okay. I actually, this is probably my favorite set of lyrics on the entire album. Um, I can agree with it's that. It's kind of my, it's kind of the second verse. So bear with me. Um, and this is like in the house of darkness, there is a magic stone, magic stone, the magic stone, but I couldn't find it cause the shine is gone. Um, and my heart wishes, um, and in my heart, many wishes are crying, living and dying. What that interprets to me is like, um, he went back to his old home, you know, where, you know, in like, in the first lyrics, it kind of like alludes more to abuse for me. But he went back to his old home, but, like, it's not his home anymore. Like, you know, like, it's sort of like there was something beautiful in a weird way. There was something still, it was still his home. But he went back and it wasn't, he didn't feel like it was home anymore. Like, like, it was sort of gone. You know, that feeling of, like, sort of innocence was, like, kind of taken away. So when he refers to the magic stone, I think he refers to it as, like, there was something magic about that place, even though it was awful. Um, there's a documentary about Quincy Jones that you should all watch. I think it's, it's on either, Netflix. Yeah, it's I, I think it's just called Quincy, and it's 
amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you love music, you'll love this documentary. But there's a part where I guess in the 80s or 90s, he went back to the neighborhood that um, he grew up in, and it was either in Chicago or Detroit. I think he went with Oprah, and it was super depressing. Mm-hmm. But like this song, I can see what you, I can see what you're saying. He didn't go through like, I mean, he had childhood trauma, but not like right. abuse to that level. Let's but hope not. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I wouldn't know. know. I guess I wouldn't know, but um, yeah. I hope not. But this song, I can definitely see that with the lyrics about being home. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't, to me, it, it feels, um, I don't know, it doesn't feel as sad to me. It's a yeah. little bit, it's a little bit more like the jig is up, but that's just my <laughs> interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, Don, what other thoughts do you have about this? Well, I, I just like because you like you can't see it on a podcast, but you like put your hands up like you're actually getting arrested. I still go back to the the looking at it from a viewpoint of you're you're living in the city, you're doing the same things as everybody else, and you're just going off and dying. And I think when he goes back to his home and he's looking and he's saying magic stone, he's like, well, that was a magic time. My family was there. It was really cool. I was excited. I was going to grow up. And now here I am miserable, miserable because I went the same route. Right. I followed the footsteps of my parents. I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, I had so much hope back then. And here I am. Yeah. Same place. But he was only what, like twenty five when he wrote this. They like were he, young. They were very young. They well, were once so again, sad. I think they're in that age where you're looking at your life and saying, "Well, where's this going?" And if we don't make yeah. it in music, what are we gonna do? So oh, yeah. yeah. So for all you people who are twenty five, you're having an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even well, twenty five. Oh, it's I know coming. I am. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you just get ready. <laughs> Uh, do we have anything else to say about this? No, I am, no. I am good. Beautiful, one of my no. top picks. Right. I, I, I love it. Yeah, it's a, it is a good song. I actually put a gold star next to it. Aww. And then um, I... Um, uh, so the next song, I also put a gold star next to. Really? Uh, yeah, because I thought this song... Uh, okay, I thought this song was a bop. You <laughs> thought it was a bop? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Rocket... Uh, excuse me, Robot Man. I <laughs> Robot, <called> man. <laughs> Robot Man. Robot Man. Rock you like a hurricane. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I thought <laughs> this is what I interpreted. Um, it seems like a song about um, that he has programmed himself to feel no emotions, hence, I'm a loser. Or, <laughs> this is my comedic mind, I guess, thinking it. It could be about like, him being a nerd of a, of, for robots. And he he's trying to impress like a lover of his knowledge for robots, but failing miserably. <laughs> Hence, I'm a loser. <laughs> That's just something I interpreted. But yeah, Dad, what are you what are, what are you feeling? Yeah, about what are your Robot thoughts, Don? I think they were feeling the pressure of producing music that was going to sell, and yeah. they're like, "No, you're not going to tell me what to do." And when he's saying, "I'm a loser," he's like, "Oh, if I don't go that route, I guess I'm a loser." Yeah, uh, there's a lot of pressure on these guys, whether it's the Scorpions or any band out there, to follow formulatic. Ma- oh, that word. <laughs> Formula <laughs> problematic. No, yeah, that's form- formulaic. Form- yeah, formulaic. Yeah, yeah. 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 To, to to be repetitive. Yeah, and 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 you and you saw a lot of that back in that time because when you look at, as a matter of fact, when we were sitting out on the steps waiting for you guys, 
Vanessa brought up um, Badfinger. And I'm sitting there, as soon as, she, as soon as she brought up the song, I'm like, oh, that's Badfinger. Uh, they were labeled the Beatles, number two. The next Beatles, oh. um, yeah. Huh. You look at bands, uh, I'm trying to think, another great band I like is uh, Triumph. And everyone said, oh, they're copying everybody else. But yeah. if you go back in their catalog and listen to their music, they were great. Oh, yeah. yeah great Canadian I, band. I love Day After Day. That's one of my favorite songs ever, actually, from Badfinger. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're a great band. Go and listen to them. Um, I mean, and any what, other? Go ahead. I'm sorry. A lot of pop music's like that. I mean, you're sitting there going, that's a pretty good song. Well, who is it? You could throw five different names in there as singers right. that it could be because it's all the same. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's because a lot of pop music is written by someone and then a record label will purchase it for a singer. But yeah. versus like rock, I feel is slightly more. And I'm not, I do love pop music. So I feel like they will put their own spin on it, of course. But. Yeah. It's different than like the them coming together and like writing this from their life and making it so personal. Yeah, the, the music industry was different then. Like you, um, it was very kind of like life or death kind of. Um, uh, yeah, in a weird way, like a mentality because like these labels, you know, basically like controlled everything. Yeah. You know, now there's hardly any like music quote unquote, music labels quote unquote anymore like um like i know rca is still out there i mean you have like um def jam records well i think it's known as rockefeller records now and you know you got your varying sort of like hip hop labels and yeah there's still like music labels out there but the they don't have the control over the artists like they used yeah. to cuz like you can all you can just throw your music on the internet yeah you know and it's out there so and it has like you don't necessarily like need you know you can get away with not having the promotional machine behind you oh yeah in in this age like if you just have a great song it's gonna like there's a song out right now um called a uh, old town road um oh god by, uh, are you talking <laughs> about billy ray cyrus the little nas x collaboration oh. um oh. all right hold on hold on <laughs> this is actually music under attack yeah this uh <laughs> the song is kind of dumb but it is actually brilliant too it's so oh, okay i love brilliant? it, if it, if oh, it wow. i wouldn't use brilliant well but I, it is fun it's humorous to listen to but like it's not a good like objectively it is a terrible song i don't agree with that uh because i haven't heard a hip-hop song that or a country song that is like fused hip-hop in a good way well, okay. <laughs> until this song. I can say that I would the like to see... The lyrics are dumb. Okay, but that's that. the thing. I That's like most of country music and rap music. That is most They're of... Is similar. the lyrics is like... But here's... I I would like to see more um, inter-genre, like, yeah. you know, mixing, but that was a terrible way to do it. I don't... I, I don't... I don't know if I agree with that. Like, the... Uh, First Wait, of is all, this Billy Ray Cyrus with his son? No, 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 no. no. It was this, this rapper is... by the name of uh, Little Nas X. Oh my god! And uh, oh. well, hold on, hold on, listen to me. Oh. The uh, he he took this sample from a Nine Inch Nails instrumental, and like <laughs> he did. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And uh, that's that like kind of like banjo kind of like opening. But like he kind of like he put like a <laughs> super weird. I, it is a it is a weird kind of 
concept, but this song blew up like crazy. Yeah. And like what he raps about is like very typical country sort of tropes, bull riding and poopies. Uh, but like, what? but here's the thing that's crazy about this song. It was charting on the country charts, but that's because country isn't country anymore. Let's get real. Well, no, no, no. Here's I the love thing. me. I love some Patsy Cline, some Johnny Cash, Loretta Lynn, yeah. Tammy Wynette. I'm a big fan of old school, big hair, big hat country. Right. But country today is like, you know, went to a parking lot. Like, it's not even farming anymore. It's like, it's not even like, <laughs> well, farming it doesn't even, it, yeah. it's yeah. not even about like the tropes of country. Now country it's just, today no, it's, is like. No, it's too much about the, like, here's the thing. There's a negative similarity between country and hip hop where it's like, uh, it, some songs are just like listing off things. And yeah, definitely it's like, like, it's like a checklist. Like, yeah. it's sort of like for hip hop, it's like, cars and chains and 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 stuff like that but in a parallel like country it's going to church um dirt roads uh, dirt roads, far, yeah. farming and like trains train well no they don't even talk about trains no, anymore there's a, there's a song by david allen Coe, and i apologize don't remember that but he throws in every possible cliche into the song <laughs> oh i know what song and, you're talking and, about. and it became a number one hit be very careful listening to David Allen Coe. Uh, <laughs> some of his lyrics are extremely problematic. But um, um, okay. the uh, I mean, like but, you're but, kind of reminding me of this sketch from um, with Bob and David when they like uh, reunited the guys who created uh, Mr. Show. They did this one sketch where it was just a country <laughs> band doing a. It was basically just them just listing stuff they want. Like, all we need is some chips and salsa and some beer. <laughs> and there's this woman who's just going to a grocery store and just buying all the things right. they say in the song. Then, like, she goes to their house. Like, I brought all the stuff. And they're like, we're good. Right. <laughs> but, oh like, I will say yeah. one more thing about Old Country Road. Um, it was charting on the country charts. But then, like, Billboard actually removed it <gasps> from the country charts. Because Well, there's a lot. Oh, there was a lot of, like drama drama behind that because a lot of people were depicting it as like a racist move on them and like it's true though because like the the idea of like labeling songs anymore is kind of silly because like it used to be like they would like label songs like in record stores like this is country music this is jazz so like that's kind of like how billboard kind of like became its thing but now, like, we're living in a time where, like, a lot of these genres are mixing together. Yeah. Some good things, some bad. Like, well, some good... It's, there's nothing wrong with categorizing it, but you have to include both. Like, you can't say, oh, it's exclusively a hip-hop song or a, exclusively a country song. It can, yeah. be, it right. can be multiple things. I think that's what's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and that's... But, so that, that's why this song, is. I think, Old Country Road is... Old Town Road, excuse me, is going to have, like, a unique spot, even though the lyrics are very juvenile and admittedly dumb. But like, yeah, and that's just so. And kind of take a listen to it. I can agree with that about Robot Man. Right. Well, some, sometimes, sometimes you throw a uniqueness into another genre. Like I remember um, when a band ca- called Faith No More came out with a song. I'm trying to remember the name. Epic. Of it. Yeah, Epic. Yeah. Where they took rock, pretty yeah. much hard rock, and threw rap into it. Well, they also like they also had like these almost funk, disco bass. On online of these really heavy. Gu- that's a very Faith No More doesn't get. I mean, everyone's probably heard Epic, but like, they that's a band that doesn't get enough credit, too. And like, well, like yeah, you can mix genres and you get a great example like 
like Faith No More's epic, or you end up with um, Old Town Road. Oh no! Oh, or you no. end up with like Imagine Ooh. Dragons. It's water. It's water. It's okay. Don spilled it's water. his water. Oh no. oh, no. We have to cut the podcast now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. No, it's yeah, okay. Man, it's no good. <laughs> hey, it's the rock and roll lifestyle. What right. can you say? Um, but yeah, the robot man, I can kind of see that just saying, like, you know, I don't want to do what you're going to tell me. I don't want to, like, I want to make the music I want to make. And, like, you know, you always hear the stories. There's always, like, the executive going, like, hey, can this song be the single? We really need to release one like before the album comes out. Like you know, we really, we really need a single to get you the attention. Like and they try to like they, they pretend to be your friend and they pretend like no, I'm just looking out for you. But like they'll leave once you're like dying down in popularity. Right. They'll, they'll <laughs> as soon as you're like not like really getting a lot of attention as you did like when you were having radio play, they'll. They'll they'll, they'll they'll say go away. Yeah, well, can, they'll screw you over. Could you imagine those executives sitting there and the Beatles walked in the studio and said, well, "We're going to do Sgt. Pepper's," and they started playing and they sat there and said, "No, no, no, that doesn't work." Yeah, right. That's <laughs> well, too that's too weird for us. Well, the Beatles were at that time, they like and they like I mean like they could have done anything and it would have sold albums. Like, yeah. thank goodness that they decided to try different kind of musical things and because who knows what music would be now without what the Beatles did like post um like rubber soul to me was like the first time they kind of switched into like what they eventually became and we could say the same thing about Elvis Presley. We could go on about how he (laughs) I knew Elvis was gonna show up if Vanessa music (laughs) industry indefinitely his Impact is still felt today. You wouldn't right. have the Beatles if it weren't for Elvis. FYI. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We can move on. Yeah. I just had to we put hit our Elvis no, quota. No, no, but Elvis, I mean, if you go back to a lot of these artists and you talk to them, they will tell you Elvis was an enormous influence. Oh, yeah. Right. Thanks for backing me up on that. No, no, oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, like, right. like, I'm definitely like, you know, uh, hearing Paul McCartney in an interview, like a lot of those old artists back then, before them, were big influences. Like, Little Richard was a big influence to Paul McCartney. Right. Sure. With like oh. that, the way he like sang, he was like, oh, yeah. I remember him admitting, like, yeah, I kind of copied Little Richard in some songs. Yes. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, like, the absolutely. Clash were hugely influenced by Elvis. So, like, yeah. like, so if you love the Clash, you should. Check out Elvis. <laughs> and if you don't like Elvis, then you then shouldn't you should, listen. You should listen to the Clash anyway. You, yeah. should, you yeah, shouldn't listen you to the Clash. Yeah, you're you're cut. But yeah. no. Um, but yeah, I was I was listening to Revolver again this week, just randomly, and I was like, wow, you can kind of tell that they were like taking a big risk and trying something new. It was like you know, Rubber Soul had a little bit of it, but then that's when like when really like George Harrison was really trying that like um, sitar work, sitar work with like Love You Too and. Uh, Crap, there's probably no and like uh John Lennon with Tomorrow Never Knows. Tomorrow Never Knows is a production miracle yeah. at that time. Like that was kind of like literally like the first example of pop music of sampling. Yeah. And like cuz they were doing loops. Yeah. yeah. And the, the fact they did it on tape like like j- like if you if you haven't heard Tomorrow Never Knows, what is wrong with you? But like it is a uh Okay. Li- Let's alienate the audience <laughs> right now. Get I, out of here. Right. Well, I <laughs> number nine. I, I am not afraid number to nine. tell people. <laughs> number nine. Yeah. Number nine. Another. That was another even weirder example. Oh yeah. Like, there was definitely sampling. just like a whole like just um. How do you describe that like soundscape or whatever? Or? Right. 
Yeah, it was like I remember like when I heard that song when I was a really little. You're kid. talking about Revolution Number no. Nine. Oh yeah, okay. I, I, I remember when I heard that song when I was a little kid. It scared the hell out of me. It is. It's really <laughs> yeah, it was just and random ominous. music. It scared yeah. Charlie Manson too. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. It, it didn't scare me that much, but you know. <laughs> 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 I didn't. I didn't go into. I didn't. Let's uh, go on. We haven't talked about the scorpions in like the last ten minutes. <laughs> so, okay, Robot Man, get the fuck out of here. We're done with you. Do you have on, anything else to say about Robot Man? No, but no. At, no, but at this point in the uh, record, you're gonna jump to where Yuli Roth takes over, oh, and he really? says, "This is mine." Right, and oh, the yeah. rest of the the rest of the album is him. It's him playing music. It's him writing the lyrics. It is him saying, "I'm in charge I'm, here, man." I'm in charge. <laughs> uh, he he, Joe Walsh did, guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah. the next song is called "Evening Wind." My favorite, my favorite on the album. Really? Yeah, why? I loved this. It's the longest song on the album. Probably why. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just, I just love that. It was it was very heartfelt, but like the guitar had the most interesting. And we were talking about the Beatles, but it had this little interesting Beatles like riff. Yeah. And and then, but it, it sounded it didn't sound it sounded like mid sixties. This little tiny portion of the song that was just very repetitive, hmm. um, right before the chorus. But then it comes in obviously with like a more seventies eighties sounding trope, you know, like the huge guitar mm-hmm. solo. But yeah. I just love that it like. Like I said, I, I like things that are musically different and interesting, and yeah. this sort of was not a mix of genres, but a mix of time periods in the guitar style. Wow. So there's parts where it makes me feel like, oh, this is like 1963, and then yeah. and then it goes straight into like 1987. But I just like <laughs> that it, it goes back and forth, and it yeah. has that nice mix. Don, what are your thoughts? I think when you listen to the rest of the album, if you tuned that and got rid of the lyrics and just listened to the, the band and the guitar playing, it's a phenomenal <laughs> group of songs. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a feeling you're about to shit on the lyrics. <laughs> I, I'm, just not a, I'm just not a fan. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they actually look like they threw, like the uh, record producer said, oh, you got to have lyrics with that. You can't have an instrumental second half of an album. So we're going to throw that in there. And oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Vanessa. I know you like that song, but <laughs> oh no, was that your least favorite? Oh, Don's gonna pull a Demi Lovato. Don's gonna pull a Demi Lovato. Go, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I thought I, I was I was literally about to say like he's gonna pull a Demi Lovato and have a heroin overdose. No, no, she's alive and healthy now. Adding to the theme of depression on this. But uh, yes, yes, she's doing fine. But uh, um, go ahead, Alex. But you don't like. I guess like I've talked about this before. Like I've I've always had trouble like keeping up with lyrics. The music is always what attracts me. I mean, there's like some artists that I can try to listen to lyrics. Like I've been trying to catch up with more of like Bob Dylan's lyrics, especially on like the really great albums, like you know, Blood on the Tracks or like Desire, which I think is like a little bit of an underrated album by him. But, like, you know, there's some bands that I just, like, the music just fully grabs me. And, like, for some reason, like, this album, like, the music, like, the, like, the members were so tight. Like, they really, like, knew how to play with each other. Mm -hmm. So, really, like, the music on here really just is what, like, like, uh, synced me in. Like, Mm -hmm. that was really, that was really what grabbed me. So, like, the lyrics, 
I'm like reading them right now. This is like my first time actually like reading the lyrics, and I go like, like okay, I can kind of see what you mean. <laughs> like if you go, well, I like, think yeah. Bob Dylan looked at, <laughs> at this and said, "What is this shit?" I, <laughs> he's like, yeah. huh. I think you guys are being a little too cruel to the oh, lyrics, actually. No, yeah, no I, I mean, mean... I'm not saying, like, these are the worst lyrics I've ever heard. I mean, like, uh, if I had to compare this to, like, Friday by Rebecca Black... <laughs> if, the worst ever. Literally like, the if one I, of the if worst it were on a songs. scale of zero to Friday by Rebecca Black, I'd give it a solid seven. No, uh, I'm just kidding. So on a scale on a scale of uh, Friday by Rebecca Black to Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, or <laughs> it's uh, like it's this song is somewhere uh, maybe in the middle. I don't know. For me, like I um, Rebecca Black's kind of like I'm still relevant. <laughs> <laughs> people still remember me. Right. Oh, no worry. We will never forget it. Um, it's favorite day of the week. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, let me say this. The um, that's your first one of the day. Right now. Yeah. I know. I got it. Damn it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Okay. I jinxed you. I jinxed you. <laughs> you did. Now what I'm gonna your first say. First of the day. Uh, let me say this. Yeah, let me say this. It's <laughs> oh. something I say a lot. So let me say this. Uh, <laughs> uh, for you Game of Thrones fans out there, not this, me. <laughs> this song, this song, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but like it's sort of the lyrics of this song kind of reminded me the, of the end of the series with Daenerys' story arc. So for those people who watch the show, will understand what I'm talking about in that <laughs> aspect. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about it because I don't know if everybody's been caught up, so I don't want to spoil. Yeah, it. don't spoil. No spoiler right, alerts. Right. Are you watching it? No, but I want to get into it at some point. I don't right. have time to watch th- that insanely long show. Right it is now. a very. It, it's it's um. It is a commitment. I ain't gonna yeah. lie, but it's worth the commitment. Dad, uh, yeah, um, Don, please. What were you saying before? I think we go- we got off track. That was on me. But you were saying something. You said sorry, not sorry. I don't like some element of this, but. Um. No, just the fact that you said this is this is one of your favorite songs on the. Oh, oh, so it's just my choice. But okay, no, good. But, but, <laughs> but the point is being is if you strip away the lyrics and just play the song, I could see that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I loved it musically. Yeah, yeah I, I feel yeah. like the lyrics were okay, but yeah. like just the song. It's I as a whole, I just really enjoyed it. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but looking at the words to the lyrics. And obviously, I, my gut feeling is they wrote the song and said, "Oh, we got to add lyrics." But when you read <laughs> when you read the lyrics, it does remind you of you could see something like a Game of Thrones at the end, right? With the chalice on the ground and the right, right, devastation right. Uh, around. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to spoil so anything. That, that was a good <laughs> oh, reference. Oh, he hasn't yeah. seen the show. He's not. I haven't oh, seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I don't know what happened, but I guess maybe we maybe we just guessed the end yeah, of an insane it was series. A bit, it was a big That's, deal. Yeah, it was. Uh, but um, <laughs> I don't really have anything else really further to say no, about yeah. this. Um, so let's great move musically, on. but yeah, just uh, the lyrics I'm reading them right now. They're they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I judge too quickly. And for that, it's I'm Vanessa's sorry. favorite song on the album, okay. guys. And so. Rebecca, Bla- and Rebecca yeah. Black, you know... Oh, Jesus Christ. Ah! <laughs> Didn't We're, she come up with a song called Saturday? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump across to, this we table. Need to, we need to stop talking about her on this critically acclaimed music <laughs> podcast. She does, not, she does not warrant the time. This guys, Canadian popular right. podcast. Yeah, we're going to make our Canadian friends really upset. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we, had, we were a five-star podcast on Facebook, guys. Um, Okay, Sun in My Hand. This song is incredible. Um, Don, what are your thoughts? This is him 
singing about what music means to him. Oh, Yuli. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, this one is a deep song for him. Yeah. Because um, he's talking about what he loves. He's talking about, you know... Music. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that to be funny. But yeah. No, no, no. I am, I'm laughing because you guys are like, so great, and I'm going to shit all over this song. <laughs> oh, you hate I, it. No, I'm not going to shit on this song. I mm. have a lot to say about it. Um, say it. Okay. Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll say something. I guess I'll little. say stuff on my podcast. Um, yeah. This opening is very bluesy, so that's pretty awesome. That's Ooh. what I was going to yeah. say. Um, you were going to say it was bluesy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's written down, and I pre-wrote these. So you Ooh. know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. Yeah. No, that's, that's part of the beauty of the album itself is it, they didn't set out to say, hey, we're going to make a hit record, and we're going to put this out. They just yeah. went with what they felt. Yeah, and put that it was on, really cool. And put it on vinyl. It's... Yeah. Well, I uh, okay. They were just me, creative. Yes. Yeah. The um, my interpretations of the lyrics to this song, um, there was a very unique thing that they did about thirty four seconds in, where like they they did this cool like drop vocal effect. And the lyrics say, "For men who shows you who is furthest in the sky," to me, this could represent Satan or <gasps> more specifically temptation. Um. Um, the devil. It is said that the devil was a great musician, and the song I think is about the devil's attempts to tempt you with music. Um, <laughs> Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen in the Bible says, uh, "The workmanship of your trembles and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created." God said this to Lucifer. Um, so this is this is obviously open to interpretation because course, Hebrew yeah. is you know hard to translate. Um, Revelations also refers to the devil playing harps um, as he came down from the heavens or came up from hell because that's where you know he comes from. Um, <laughs> but that's the neighborhood he lives in. Right. Yeah, it's down the street. Right. You know, just just look past uh, Hell's Fire. Right, um, right. Yeah. Is right. it gated like heaven? What's that? Is it gated like is hell? Does hell have a pearly gates? Uh, n- pearly maybe gates. not. Maybe not pearly. Well, they in in many. Well, Skull. it depends on what uh, interpretations you read. Like uh, a lot of people say that like before you go into hell, there's the river sticks, and oh. like that's where like all the damned souls like are pulled down into the river oh, and stuff okay. like that. It depends on yeah. what you read. So that's, I was that's just, a very uh, pagan it's a Greek belief. Mythology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about Jim Gaffigan bit where he's talking about like, oh, the, like he's like, why is heaven like gated? He's like, yeah, it used to not be gated, but then all these kids snuck in to use the damn pool. <laughs> <laughs> also, the solo on this song is awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, Don, please. See, what I got out of it was he's saying... People are questioning him. Why is he so dedicated to music? You know, it's not bringing you any money. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing your thing, but nobody's really listening. And he's sitting there going, but music's beautiful. It's in my soul. I can feel the sun. Right. It's burning. Yeah. And I got to let it out. And this is the way I'm going to do it. And hopefully you'll like it. Yeah. And looking at his life, his attitude always seemed to be, whether you, you know, I'm going to do it, whether you like it or not. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, I love um, that attitude. Like you, you can see right there. Like how can you, how can you lose your mind? How can you waste your time hoping like that? Look at the sun side. Oh my, of my hand so bright. I call it music. That's really well, meaningful. Like yeah, that's 
beautiful. Like, <laughs> it could be sim- as simple as a situation where his, his parents were looking at, looking at him saying, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah. Because like, you're over there playing guitar and we don't see any money coming in. Yeah. It's like, we're we not going to any future. Yeah. But he's like, nah, I'm doing what I love. Like, if I was doing anything else, I, I wouldn't be passionate about it. Like, this is like, it's, I'm always envious of people who like are doing a thing and they like are fully confident and know like, this is what I was put on earth for. Like, this is what I was made to do. And this is what he's saying. Like, this is my passion. Well, especially when you talk about the arts. Yeah. Because, because for, for people who do the nine to five routine or, or operate their own companies or what have you, when you see a unique individual that's in, into the arts yeah. and really into it, and they stand there and they say, I'm about the arts. This is what I love. I believe I can make it. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, it's Vanessa's sometimes like hard. Well, yeah, right she's now. a good example. It's, it's, oh, Dad. Oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, 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 example of that because i've i've watched what she has to deal with and it's a matter of and i'll I'll just throw this out there people people go to her well where are you going to college at and she's like well i'm not and you i know you constantly got hit with that question and the reality is um i'm sitting back going she's going to the college of life experience Mm -hmm. and the things that she has done and some of these other artists do to get where they're at they're paying their dues they're not doing it uh for a paycheck they're doing it because they love what they do and they believe in it that's a hard course in life is when you look at a lot of these people uh that are outstanding musicians outstanding actors Oh, they're living in cars. They're working janitor jobs. They're doing the lowest of the low just yeah. to get by to, so that somebody sees that they've got the talent. Yeah. And when they emerge, um, they're fantastic because they've paid their dues. They're, oh. they're like comedians. They're doing those crappy nightclubs. They're, they're hitting the circuit. They're getting paid peanuts. They're getting booed and uh, beer thrown on them. But the bottom line is they develop their craft like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, so I, I admire in this song. That's what I hear him say, crying out. He's saying, you know, you can you can point daggers at me and say that I'm losing my mind going into music, but I'm gonna make it somewhere. Yeah. This is what I love. So nobody agrees with me on the analogy for the devil. Okay. That's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I after I... hearing that. No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. I, after listening to all of the interpretations, will say that I'm still gonna crap on part of this song. Um. I. I loved. I loved the bluesy element to it. It felt. Um. It had this like. This BB King meets Motley Crue feel, <laughs> and awesome. I. I That's really. Different. I really liked the music to it, <laughs> yeah. but whoever did the sound production on the lyrics, like maybe it was just the recording I was listening to, but I could not hear what he was saying at all. So, yeah, and like the vocal mix? Yeah, the vocal, were, it was just so... Well, as I said, I think he wrote the song and then they threw the vocals in there and said, yeah, yeah it's just... I, well, I, well, I Sometimes like, that works, though. Like, no, no, that's no, what... it was okay, because I was more entranced by the music. Hi, entranced. But I was more into the music than I was the lyrics but yeah. now listening to both of your interpretations i want to go back and listen to it again and really get a grasp oh, yeah. for it but i loved the music to it yeah 
Um, the only crapping I was gonna do was about the vocal production. Well, that's that's that's, that's fair. I I actually thought the vocal mix was fine, but it's um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to YouTube, so maybe it was like a bootleg yeah, thing. Right. Uh, yeah. um, any other thoughts on this? No, no. no yeah. I I really like the message that he was sending across. Just like I like anyone who's not a horrible person, and they're just saying like. I'm doing what I love, and I don't care. Like or, this is what I want to do. Oh. Or it could be about the devil. Could be. Uh, it, could, it could also. Okay. It could also be about oh. the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's not throw that. Let's not. Let's not forget, guys, that the devil. The devil is out there. He researched biblical quotes. I for was this. impressed. Let's, yeah, yeah like you were that. really but going like, up my dad's alley. My yeah, this. Is I mean, like, out. weren't you raised religious? Oh yeah. Like <laughs> Christian, Catholic, Catholic or? Christianity, um, sort of, um, you know, the typical, you know, abusive priest kind of religion. So let's oh, uh, no. let's, oh let's move no, on. No, from that. ruler, uh, ruler, or like, <laughs> we're not gonna get. <laughs> we're, into this. Let's let's skip past this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh, now I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. God, Jesus yeah. Christ. Huh, right. Look what I did there. Anyway. Um. Look what you made me do. Okay. Uh, longing for fire, the last. Singing song on this album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, this screams of like. It's to me. It was very like typical seventies rock. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like the guitar work is incredible. The, the song is kind of like about missing your girl on the road. That's kind of what I took for it. And I was just. I I, I think I was kind of checked out. At that kind of like yeah. at it, that moment. It was uh, for me very. What did I say? Um, kind of weaker than the rest. At the beginning, but it picks up, and when it, it picks up, it's it's really good. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me, and I was asking my dad outside. Um, it reminds me of Bad Fingers, no matter what. Oh, that's like what it you're gives, talking about. Yeah. It gives this vibe of like whenever I first heard it, I was like, hmm. I kind of hear d- some elements of that song in this song, but yeah. it's very faint. And then it goes away real quick with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar kind of takes over. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is another Roth written yes. song? Yes. 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 Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I can kind of see what you mean, Matt, with like, just like, you know, being out with the band and kind of missing who you have back at home. Right. Yeah, I could definitely see that in the lyrics. I mean, like, what do you think, Don? Well, there's a ton of bands that write songs like that. I mean, yeah. that's just part of their road life. True. And yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. That's yeah. what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like people, like bands who like tour for like, there's bands like I heard, like I was listening to <laughs> another interview, uh, with uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. And he was talking about like a to- the tours like Guns N' Roses used to do, and it would be like two years, two and a half years. I'd be like, God, that would oh be yeah, those guys were on the road, yeah, yeah, like a ton, and like, and like when they like did the tour of like Appetite for Destruction, they weren't making a ton of money. They like Duff even admitted he was like the roadies were making more money than we were mm-hmm. when they were touring on like their humongous hit album. Then he said like, yeah, when I got home from tour, I finally got money, and it was eighty thousand dollars. That's Whoa. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But then again, that mo- that would have been a lot true. more. Yeah. That would have been a lot more whenever. Well, yeah, I'm sure happened. he's made like, most of that back in like back catalog. Oh yeah, you know, stuff like stuff. that. But like, also, eighty thousand was worth a lot of money yeah, back then. Yeah, then. probably. Back back in the it's 80s. still a lot of money. Yeah. But, but yeah, but like, I, but trust me, I wouldn't be complaining if I got a check for eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, but <laughs> after being on the road for two years. Yeah. That, so, if you're on the road for two years and you make eighty thousand dollars, you're essentially 
you're making forty thousand dollars a year, which puts you basically at poverty level. Yeah, you know, which is which is kind of like, eh. yeah. They that probably sucks. had a really shitty contract too at the time. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. but that just like shocks me. Like bands who like fucking tour forever, like. The Red Hot Chili Peppers would like tour constantly and like Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. <laughs> well, that's what they. They don't fucking stop. They never. They they only stopped a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they're like, okay, we're done. And like they're, the day later, going like, yeah, you know, they're I dead the and they're still touring. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. They did their last show, I think, in um, I want to say 2013. Like they did this huge, crazy blowout stadium show at in Chicago. Yeah. And then apparently it was like. Five and a half hours long. Like they pretty Whoa. much played every song they could possibly think of as long as they could. Like yeah, they, just, like, Aww, they didn't want it to end. Yeah, no, but then like John Mayer was like, "I like you guys." Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's not. It's it's other member. Like it's only like a couple of members that yeah. tour with John Mayer. Yeah, um, but like they they just won't stop, and people will come to see them. Of course, it would be like, "Oh, some of you are doing it." Like, "Oh, I'll buy a ticket." Right. And then there's like those hardcore fans. They're like, "Jerry's gone. I'm out." Like, yeah, they're so they, hardcore they're like, that they that they were like Jerry's dead. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, like you know, uh, it's just not the same. I was like, well, you know, it's if well, that's they never recorded well, any albums really after that, except like live performances. And yeah, stuff they like have that. a shit ton of live albums. Which, yeah. oh my god, I can't listen to. It. I like jamming. I like jam bands, but like, there's after a while where I go like, oh my god, this is like the. 70th version of this song mm-hmm. it's like 20 minutes long wow. but yeah but like i getting back to scorpions i i could just i i like the theme of like you know we're touring a lot we're trying to promote this album but it just kind of sucks because you know you have a life outside you have a life like back at home it, it can suck sometimes we're just like living in uh motels and you right. know just traveling you know it can be fun in the beginning but after a while you're just going like, fuck my god i'm just doing the same thing every single day Don. I, re- I remember hearing a, an interview with Slash um, from Guns N' Roses, and when the band broke up, he went on to do his own thing, and then he played with different bands and was guests Velvet on Revolver, different yeah. guests yeah. all over the place. And when he came back home after, I think three or four years on the road, people looked at him. He didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't know how to live a normal life. He said. Yeah. So he went back on the road. Right. Oh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like what I said about like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like they would tour forever, and like Flea was like going like, like yeah, we've been on tour for like twenty years. That's why like he like took a hiatus and like went back to school. No, like Anthony Kiedis, like after after the Stadium Arcadium, um, part of their career, yeah. they um Anthony Kiedis was like, I'm not doing anything for a year, nothing. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not recording music. I'm not writing. I'm just taking a break from all music. And that's when Flea decided to go back to school um, to get his um, uh, degree in like de- music. degree in musicology at the. I think it was U. U- and yeah, yeah, UP, US, USC. USC. Yeah, I almost said UPMC. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he also but learned how to. Be that a was doctor. also the reason. That was also the reason yeah. why John Frusciante left the band because he wanted to keep going because he was on an, you know a huge creative high. At that time, I mean, you can make the argument that Californication, by the way, and Stadium Arcadium are the best Red Hot Chili Pepper albums that they ever made. And so he wanted to keep going with the band. But then when like they decided, you know, he was like sitting around for a year and like John was like, are we getting back in it? And everyone was still kind of like, "Nah, I'm not quite ready yet. And that's when he was like, fine, I'm done. I'm leaving. And then like 
they ended up asking their guitar tech if he wanted to be the new guitar player. Uh, what's his name? Josh Klinghoffer. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a good guitar player, although the Chili Peppers have not, in my, they haven't been the same since Vashante left. Yeah. So. yeah I, I, I could see the argument there. But yeah. yeah. But you know, but you know who they're not like? The scorpions. scorpions. <laughs> Back to the scorpions. Yeah. Uh, we have anything else to say about longing for I mean, fire? No, it's an all right song, but I like. I think I like the theme more than the song. I think I have to go back to this song now, like getting this kind of like perspective that you brought, Don. I feel like I should go back to this because, like, this is one of the songs that didn't really like click for me. It didn't like. I didn't hate it, but it just like didn't stay with me like the first half of the album did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The harmonies are pretty solid. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. on this here. song, yeah, I really like the harmonies. But yeah. that was all that I have to say. That like really, I remember about it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what the critics said as well. The harmonies are phenomenal. Maybe the best that the Scorpions ever did. Maybe the best that some bands have ever done. The wow. harmonies, yeah. They 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 have really good solid. When they make the commitment to have the vocal harmonies, because it's not something that comes up very often on this album. But when they do commit to it, it, it definitely or like is a really moment. hard rock. It seems mm-hmm. like hard rock people shy away from, and it's probably because they're sweating so much. Like right. they're like playing so hard. It would be hard <laughs> to like it'd be hard to sing like in tune with everyone. That's something that oh, what was I what was I watching last night with um I, I was watching a show and it was um they were dancing and singing at the same time and it doesn't <laughs> seem that like they make it look effortless oh right. it was i was watching snl and they were they had bts on. it was an old episode they had oh, BTS, that, um, the, the, uh, the k-pop yeah, band. yeah and they were like really dancing and i yeah. thought oh there has to be seven of them because the other like six can take a break while the ones like singing for a second because they have to spread out the vocals if you had only yeah. like three dudes they'd they can't dance that much and, and sing. I mean, that's been something like, that's been going on forever, yeah. though. Like the sort of, um, like I think of the Temptations or the yeah. Miracles and oh yeah, but I'm, stuff like that. Like, these I'm guys were like, like dancing really. Like, like, that's but they intense. Were going hard. I'm yeah. saying like they were going real that's, hard. But the, I can imagine, and again, I don't play any instruments, but I can imagine if you're really like ripping the drums, like if you're just like bah! like it would be so hard to then sing. Yeah, and so oh, yeah. I can see why harmonies aren't a huge part of like metal music. Right. Like I'm trying I'm actually kind of rattling my brain right now to think of examples. Like the like oh man, it is like yeah, cuz it's usually like sort of typically like you got the lead singer cuz like I can't hardly think of any like Led Zeppelin songs that had any kind of no. like vocal harmonies. No, I think the Ro- no. the Rolling Stones did it a couple of times. Like, um, I'm trying to think. Like Brown Led- Sugar comes to mind. Oh, I love Brown Sugar. No, yeah. You're back but to the Eagles when it comes to vocal harmonies. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, or Crosby, Stills, Nash. Yeah, yeah. but they but they weren't they doing were... like heavy hard oh, no, stuff. No. I, they were I'm, doing. I'm on board delicate... side with that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine putting the kind of energy into those hard rock songs. And, and then able to trying to like yeah. listen to your partner and harmonize with right. that would be super hard. Iron but Maiden, that was another one that they they sort of implement. Um, do they do harmony. harmonies? In Iron yeah, Maiden? sometimes. Yeah. Um, but like it, Run to the Hills. When they the do it, it's really cool because it yeah. seems like it would be so hard to do that. So right. it is so enjoyable when they do. Yeah, wow. I would agree. It's, it's also like taking a really hard rock band and having them play a slow, slow song. Although, Some of the best songs out there that are hard rock bands that slowed it down and said, mm, "I'm gonna do a ballad." Well, the other the other thing that's also a trope in rock 
um, recordings is like they double layer vocal mixes. Like um, oh. like Kurt Cobain comes to mind um, on Smells Like Teen Spirit, and you can kind of hear because yeah. his voice sounds kind of echoey. Yeah. Um, because he was really a, a Butch Vig, who was the guy who produced it. He was also Butch Vig is also the guitarist from Garbage. Um, I thought he was the drummer. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, he was the drummer. Was it Garbage or Raccoon Dinner? Uh, <laughs> uh, bringing it good. back, bringing yeah. it back. Call back. Yeah. But he, um, he said that like he, like Kurt, wanted it to be a little bit more. Never mind specifically to be a little bit more accessible. Um, so he was like, "Well, why don't you try this?" And they double layered the vocals, and and Kurt wasn't really all about it until. Butch told him that John Lennon used to do it all the time. Um, on a, John Lennon did it on a, a Day in the Life, which is you know uh, the closer from Sgt. Pepper's. That was a double layered vocal mix. So like that, I think that's more of a trope that happens more in rock as opposed to having two singers harmonize together. Yeah. So yeah, like I learned a while back <laughs> that like for the longest time by Billy Joel. That's all Billy Joel. That's nobody else. Yeah, it's just layered. Yeah, vocal laid mixes. vocals. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Now I have to go listen to Billy Joel. Yeah, that ba- album in particular, he was really inspired by um, doo-wop. Yeah, the um, oh, I'm forgetting Frankie Valentine in the Four Seasons. That was like his yeah. big. Frankie Valley. Thank, thank you, Frankie, Frankie Valley. Valley. Um, in the Four <laughs> Seasons, like he, what album was that called? Innocent Man. In a, yeah. Sherry. Sherry. Don, you want to? You want to? I can't sing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so like the last song, the last song, like it didn't blow me away, but I feel like now that we're talking about Roth, I feel like this is just him just going like, I just want to play. Well, he got his way. <laughs> yeah, he got his Except, way. No, yeah. we'll let you do one song without lyrics. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is just. This, yeah, this song is an instrumental. Having, this is just him having some fun because there's like, it doesn't sound like an ending song. It just kind of sounds no. like you're just like messing around. It, like that's like my thought. I, was I like, enjoyed it, but it was not a good closing track. Yeah. Like it, it was not, uh, I like to come in with a big song end with a big song. Cause the, yeah. the, the impression you want to start off with leaving people, you want to start with, people being like what's this and then whenever yeah. they're done you want to end with something really that'll leave that'll yeah. stick with them yeah and this yeah. didn't do that for me but it was yeah. a great song yeah. i just wish that it was in the middle of the album yeah that would have made more sense um well let's uh, let me ask you this what do you what would you guys have close of all the songs on this album what would you have closed it with evening wind. C- evening wind evening wind evening wind yeah. yeah i really don't know i think living and dying would have been a good closer for me, yeah. Oh, I but can I see, see that too. I see your point about Evening Wind as well. If we could go back and be like the producer, I guess yeah. for this. Let's go back in time. Let's go back in time. Gotta go back in time. <laughs> I, I still <laughs> think Great they just Huey said Yoli, we're gonna give you a song, so throw it on the end, and you do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> what they did. Yeah. It's just I, I feel like they needed to pat the. It was already like only thirty minutes. So we, we got to pat the time, the runtime a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we need to make it a little longer. But it, it felt like it should be in Top Gun. It felt like it should be <laughs> in every. Um, it it felt like the ending of Cocoon. If you've ever seen that <laughs> movie, never seen Cocoon. No. Um, is 
yeah it just felt super like 80s tropey at points but in a but it was enjoyable and i loved listening to it i just want to sit and it's the perfect driving song another category that i created um (laughs) (laughs) that you created created? no what i'm saying is like i i've always judged songs based on where they would fit in like a film or where they would fit like in a drive and this is the perfect (laughs) driving song but it definitely felt cocoony You felt like you're in a cocoon. This song reminded me of walking home drunk, which is something I know very well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Nightlights um, is the closer, and it's just like it's it is kind of just there. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Like the the I I listen to it on Spotify, and like when you're done listening to an album on Spotify, it just goes to like the radio of like oh this is the artist. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like this is other bands that sound like this. So like. I'd be laying in bed, I'd be listening to it, I'd be like, okay, then I'll just go to a different song, and I'd be like, wait, that's the end? Right. The album's over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it just really it, was just like... It just fades. Just, yeah, fades, and it was just like them just like messing around. Right. But that's... like, it, it was confusing to me, but also I kind of liked it. It was just kind of like, you know, like they, I just got like the vibe of them like looking around in a room with each other going, like, yeah, you just want to like mess around and see what we can come up with? That, like that's like some really cool stuff that I see bands do. Which is like, oh, all right, let's just like mess around a little bit. Like I got this riff that I'm working on. You know, let's you just jump on there when you feel comfortable, and then like, yeah, you can press record and blah 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 blah. But yeah, I just felt like you know it wasn't like flat out saying like, oh, this is the end of the album. It was just kind of like you know we're just gonna play. Like so, I like it, and I'm confused by it. So uh, I Don, can agree with that. It sounds like you guys like the album. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Like, I, did I was like shocked it. with how much because like Scorpions like there was a band I never listened to. I just knew Rock Me Like a Hurricane, so I immediately had like a screw them attitude. It was like, oh, this is just a cheesy hair metal band. You nihilist, you. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah I'm a complete no, nihilist. <laughs> yeah, but like that's why I threw it at you because I thought it. You know, you're gonna sit and talk about music. Jump back into some of these bands' older first stuff. Yeah, because mm-hmm. first stuff is a lot of times. What was in their head as they were forming the band, here's the message we want to send. And then later, as the case of the Scorpions, they start changing their music to make money. Yeah. You seem like, um, I remember you and I, Alex and I, had this discussion with Mike on our Pink Floyd podcast yeah. about like whether, if you're trying to get into an artist, whether you should listen to their thing that they're mostly known for first or like... Start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. And you, Don, do you like to like start from the beginning when you're interested in an artist? I do. Well, I end up buying the whole catalog. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. You're dedicated. Yeah. It. Yeah. That's that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's yeah. But a, good, a good example of that would be you had um, you had Zeppelin. Yeah. So Zeppelin ends. Robert Plant's asking himself, "What am I going to do?" He decides he's going to go out. Right. Put a new album out. If you own. listen to that, it's extremely unique for him. Um, and I had the great experience of seeing him live perform it for the first time. Wow. And the cool thing was Phil Collins was playing drums. That's wow. So, <laughs> that is really Phil cool. Phil Collins was on drums. Did, did they too? And Robert <laughs> walked on stage, and I can't recall whether it was at the beginning or the end of it, and he just said... Um, I've been longing so so long for John Bonham. And yeah. then the lights came on and went back out again and some 
cool music came on. But that's why Zeppelin never really re like they've been offered so many millions and dollars to like reform. And Robert Plant's always been the guy who's been like, no, I can't do it without John. Yeah. And uh, like the last the last show they ever did was the. Uh, the like, Celebration Day um, concert at the O2 Arena yeah. in London. That place is huge. Yeah, and um, and John Jason, bon- Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son, who was an amazing drummer of his own right, he played the drums for them. Um, I highly recommend you guys listen if you're Zeppelin fans, listen to the Celebration Day live album. It is incredible. Yeah. Like, yes. Jimmy Page's guitar work is just. He's incredible. Yeah, and just like remember watching, like hearing a little bit of an interview with Robert Plant, and he was like, uh, when they got honored, uh, like the, the Kennedy honors, um, like I think Hart did uh, "Stairway to he Heaven." He did, and, and it like, was amazing. Oh, that's and, phenomenal! And, and, and Jay, I did, I did, it was so good. I never saw it, but I just remember like Howard Stern was asking Robert Plant about it, and Jason Bonham was playing the drums, and Robert Plant was talking about like he got really emotional watching Jason Bonham playing the drums. He's just like. It's like that's the son of my friend. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I just miss my friend, and that's that's his lifeblood right there. That's 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 his son who he taught how to play drums. Yeah, you, know you should pull that up on YouTube and watch that video. Yeah, of Hart. Yeah, Hart. If you go back in their history, they did a lot of Zeppelin songs. Matter of fact, they've if you you could probably collect a full album's worth of <laughs> Zeppelin songs from Hart. Yeah, but they idolized them. Yeah, and then when they went up there, you see a band who was good in their own right send a tribute to a phenomenal band, and it it did them right. One of my favorite gorgeous. shows that I've ever been to in my life, and it was out at there's a play in Pittsburgh. There's this like amphitheater called uh it's called it now it's called the Key Bank. Bank Pavilion. It used to be First Niagara, then Post Gazette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Couple, Star like, Lake many years right. ago. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I think this was like two or three years ago. I went with um I went with a uh, buddy of mine and Hart we went to go see Hart, but the opener was Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience. Yes, I saw that. I was there. Unbelievable <laughs> show. Oh, you guys were yeah. at the same concert. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And Matt's gonna remember like wait a minute, that was my buddy. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was that drunk guy stumbling across there. I thought I recognized him. Guys, we're making it sound like I have yeah. a problem. No, no, no. no, you're good, you're good. No, no. Um but um you went to go see it and it was one of the best shows you ever Oh seen. my god, yeah. Um so Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience came out first, and they did like Black Dog and a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of Zeppelin songs. Then Hart came out and did maybe twelve of their big songs. Um, like I can't. Who's the lead singer of Hart? Dang it, Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. She. Oh my God. Phenomenal she voice. Still belt. Yeah. Um. Like um. Um. Like their her performance of um. How do I get you alone? Like I'm thinking about it now, and I'm getting. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yeah. Um, but then, like, they were done, and they went off for a couple minutes, and then they came on, and they did like six more Zeppelin songs. They did like the Battle of Evermore. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's Hart's, is, one of Hart's mainstay songs. Right. Yeah. Um, oh. They Battle did. Uh, they did Cashmere, mm-hmm. and then they closed it with um, Stairway to Heaven. And they brought out like this choir. It was fucking epic. And 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 Jason did the drumming for all the songs. It was. That is really unbelievable cool. show. He's wow. pulling double duty. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
Damn, you must have been exhausted. Well, but, um, anybody else have any other? Well, we that guys, that's the whole album. We yeah. kind of went off on some different tangents. We but, sure did. But, but did you? <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you guys I, liked it. I, I certainly did. Yeah, it's a it's a solid rock album. Can mm-hmm. we all give our final thoughts? Um, I guess I'll start. It was just another one of those lessons I love learning in music of like, don't always judge a book by its cover. Don't always just. You hear like the big single and go like I could never get into it because like you listen to old stuff from like like seventy Scorpions I feel like is a little bit different than eighty Scorpions and I was like I'm getting really into this it kind of reminds me of like I've been getting into Hall of Notes for the past couple of years and like there's seventy thing. yeah thing. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> like but like their seventy stuff I in my opinion is way better than their eighty stuff like what they were doing in the seventies some of my my one of my favorite albums, Beauty on the Black Back Street, along the Red Ed Ledge. Yeah, not popular. Yeah, didn't sell well. Sit and listen to it. Great oh, music. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. Got, but it was just like it was, don't get me started on Hall Notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest programs, uh, Daryl at Daryl's house. Yeah. Yeah. If you've a ever great, watched that's a great show. Great yeah. show. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it kind of makes me think like, oh, I'd like to check out. Um, more Scorpion stuff. And I kind of learned that, like, I was reading up, like, the little bit of research I did. It's like Scorpion's, like, first two albums before this one were kind of, like, more, like, progressive rock or... They were different. Kind of stuff. Like, more, like, psychedelic or yes. stuff like that. And I was like, that's really interesting. Hmm. Like, if how, like, they kind of, like, they started off with that and, like, became what they are. So I, I just found that super interesting. So it was basically just, like, I would like to check these guys out more. So, I, yeah. I'll go next. Um, This... The Scorpions, uh, I, after listening to this, I realized how much more of an influence over like like a band like um, Van Halen, which is a very, very important band. They, The Van Halen basically invented what rock became in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and this album definitely, like there's, again, like on, the, on Dark Lady, for example, I said like it, this definitely could have inspired Eddie Van Halen. Um, it would be interesting for there are very few flaws on this album um and the things that are really great are like 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 there's just like for me like the scorpions like on this album and i haven't really sat and listened to any of their other stuff well besides some like the snippets here and there the musicianship is and guitar work is unparalleled I would honestly, I said it earlier, I would really honestly recommend that you guys seek out their unplugged performance um, from Rome. Yeah. Like, okay. It was, it, it is, it really shows, I, lo- I love the concept of unplugged. Like, I just think it's really great, especially when like heavy metal bands do it. Like, the only thing I ever really appreciated about Kiss was their unplugged performance. Um, don't listen to the Corn unplugged performance, it's a mess. Uh, or the Lauren Hill one. The Lauren Hill one's really upsetting. But um, yeah, this band this band deserves more respect than it's than it than it's then got. People will remember it. Right, for. right. Yeah, and that's all I really got to say about it. That's awesome. So. Well, I'm honestly just so happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> uh, just like I'm, I, I suggest that my dad come on this podcast because he loves music uh, so much. Um, and literally any song that comes on the radio, I can say, hey, who did this? Within a measure of music. Like not even a 
J- just an insanely short amount of time. And he's like, oh, this person. And then and then they were in this band and this band and this band. And so I'm happy that I've been here to share this album with you guys and like introduce my favorite music people all together. Oh, oh. 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 yeah. <laughs> What a weird sound we just made. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. Yeah. But it, yeah. but the, uh, but the album overall was really enjoyable to listen to, and yeah. it was fun talking about it with you guys. So mm-hmm. I of course, yeah. Doing that, Don, um, please give us your final thoughts. I think the um, well, first off, I'm glad that you all liked the album. Thank oh, you. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to throw you a curveball because uh, the Scorpions are "Rocky Like a Hurricane," the Zoo, all those songs, and. Sometimes when you go back into a back catalog of bands or even bands that weren't popular in America and they'd be one of them because they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yet, they should be. Yeah. Um, They'll get in. But if you jump into bands like Wishbone Ash and um, Spooky Tooth and some of these bands that were around back before the Scorpions, you're going to hear some great music. Oh, yeah. Um, because a lot of those artists were not affected by the record companies. They just played what was in their mind and put it together. Um, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Don't worry. They will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame someday because they're they're running out of people to put. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's they're true. Gonna, soon it's going to be like they're going to put the janitor of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in there. Like <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall. Well, I mean, see. I, I want to go visit the museum in Cleveland someday, but yeah, I, let's I go. Yeah, let's go. Um, That's a good trip. Yeah. I went two years ago, and it was enjoyable, but I had to school a man on Elvis Presley. I remember Um, you telling us the story. Yeah, you told us the story, yeah. But we don't have to talk about that today. Uh, But But as Alex and I have discussed before, the idea of awarding art is stupid. Yeah, it's all subjective, but whatever. Um, well, that's it. Don, thank you for coming. Vanessa, thank you, thank you for coming it was, back. It was very nice to meet you Yes, and talk music. Yeah, this was great. Hopefully, we'll see you at an improv show. And, and we maybe talk we'll more. have you back on the show sometime. Of course. Yeah. Hell yeah. I would love that. Um, All right. So should come back and talk about concerts sometime. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely have seen a lot of shows that yeah, I would talk here. about. Um, well, hey, Vanessa. Yeah. Do you want to do the outro with us? Oh, shoot. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. So, this has been been Talking Tunes with these two girls. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods a podcast collection.